Welcome in to the You Know What Our Podcast. I am Dan Black. She is Sporty Jordy here on this special edition of the You Know What Our Podcast on a yes. Tuesday morning. I think it's both the earliest uh, in the days of the week that we've done a podcast and by far the earliest in the day that we've done one. Uh, but we are super excited heading into Super Bowl week and we have a very, very, very special guest with us today. Cam Rogers of the Lock It In Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is actually heading to Super Bowl uh, Media Row or Radio Row after this, basically tonight. Um, so, Cam, thank you so much for joining us. What's going on, guys? I appreciate you working with me, and I feel honored. The earliest time in the week you've done a show, and it's for me. Like, I'm not worth it, guys, but I appreciate it. Well, we're very you. happy to have you here. Very happy to have you. Um, and, Cam, you have a very interesting background. I mean, you sort of have. Uh, shot up the sports media ranks if you will pretty quickly in in such a young career so for our audience that that may not know you as well and we sort of talked about this off air give us a little background of cam rogers yeah absolutely look guys i've always had a passion for talking in front of crowds talking in front of a camera going back to first grade remember in school when nobody wanted to read out loud in front of the class i was that one person who loved to do it i would do it like an announcer voice or something like that so Ever since then, I've always channeled my resources, my passion to doing something in this field. And I've had some amazing opportunities along the way. Uh, was commencement speaker back at college for the University of Maryland. Truly an incredible experience, probably the highlight of my life. Uh, and, you know, I've done some great media interviews on CNN, NBC Sports and all this stuff. But I would say that I am so grateful to so many people who have helped me along the way. You don't do it alone in this industry. You know, it's interesting, guys. It's not like being a doctor or a lawyer where the path to get there is pretty clear cut. You got to go to school, pass these exams. To be an on-air personality, you sort of have to carve your own path, right? Network a little bit. And the chips sort of have to fall in your favor uh, to a degree. There is a luck element. So I would say that uh, certainly I am very lucky to get to where I am here now. And obviously being on air with you guys, it's a real treat. So uh, ready to get after it. Yeah, we are we are very excited to have you on. Yes. Um, and there's really only two top, topics of discussion for us today. Super Bowl week and the Phoenix Open. We know you are a huge golf guy. That, that's kind of where you got your start, correct? Yeah, I'm a washed up varsity golfer from high school, guys. <laughs> My game peaked in 2013, so it's all been downhill. But in terms of content and all that <laughs> stuff, yeah, that's my uh, go-to. All right. Well, uh, why don't we start there with a little bit of golf stuff. Um, and then we'll work our way back to the Super Bowl. Does that sound good? Let's do it. All right. So, you know, looking at the betting odds for this weekend, I was taking a look yesterday. Mm -hmm. John Rahm is the heavy favorite. He's got two top 10 finishes already here in 2022. Um, and he's almost a two. I think he's at plus 650. The next is Justin Thomas at plus 1200. Are you surprised he's that heavy of a favorite heading into this weekend? No, I'm not, guys. John Rahm, the number one player in the world, has been so red hot, T2 green. I mean, he just doesn't backpedal at all. And I hedge a lot of my handicapping in golf with volatility and how you can show up after a miscut and win on the PGA Tour, especially if you are an elite player. That hasn't happened for John Rahm. He's been so consistent week in and week out. But here's the deal, guys. Like, you can sing until the cows come home that John Rahm is going to win this week. 
but you can't bet him. Like eight to one is just unbettable to me. A top 10 is no value. Top 20, obviously it's very juiced up. So it's like, I just can't go there. I would rather be the contrarian and look elsewhere on the board. And look, this is a stacked field this week too. So when we're talking about eight to one in a field where you have Patrick Cantlay, Hideki Matsuyama, two-time winning here, Victor Hovland, elite ball striker, Spieth coming off a fantastic week. So I just can't go there with John Rom. But that is all to say, yes, he is rightfully the favorite there at eight to one. That's fair. I mean, he's had he's had an incredible start, and I mean, he he deserves to have sort of the the fruits of his labors be rewarded. But it just felt like it was such a such a large gap between even just one and two that I just wanted to see where you were at. So so you know, segueing from that, who is your favorite bet of this of this tournament? Or the best bet, even. Yeah, so I'll go with my best bet here. Scotty Scheffler for a top 10. Shop that number around. I saw 321 plus 300 here. At the Farmers, he posted a top 20. But here's the key. He gained 5.7 strokes on approach. That's his best mark since the 2019 Greenbrier. Now, approach game, very much needed at TPC Scottsdale this week, guys. And in a way, I am team no putt. What does that mean? Well, I always focus on the ball striking because that is the stickiest stat in terms of golf. Your putting is very volatile. Week in and week out, you can find a hot putter. You can go ice cold. It really is hard to predict. Your ball striking, you can pack that and travel, kind of like in the NFL, pack your defense and travel. It's sort of the same thing in golf in terms of your iron game and your ball striking. And Scotty Scheffler is not known to have a good iron game, but if he played that well at the farmers with his irons, I think that will continue here at the waste management Phoenix open, actually the WM Phoenix open now. There you go. And he's top five in par five efficiency. He doesn't shy away from the big stage. You know, I think he's got some outright value this week as well. Multiple top tens at major championships, WGC events in a stacked field like this. It makes a lot of sense for me to see Scotty Scheffler at the top of the board there. So for a top 10 this week, I like it. All right. Jordan, you going to tell that? Yeah, that I can 100% tell that. I, I'm Go. I said, <laughs> I, I, the last time we had a guest on, I tailed it, didn't win. I'm going to trust you though, Cam. Yeah. Money, my money is Appreciate on you. That. My yes. money is with you this weekend. Please um, don't uh, come back at me though if I'm wrong. Well, please. <laughs> that one I can't promise. That okay. one I can't promise. Um, now Daniel Berger opted out last week, had a, uh, back injury. I believe he was not at Pebble beach. Are, are you expecting from what you've read from, you know, your knowledge, you expecting the, him to be back this week? Um, and if so, you know, I've looked at some of his numbers, his odds are pretty decent. Uh, not, nothing too special, but where are you in terms of wanting to bet him if he's available? Yeah, I would like these odds longer, honestly, than what they are, given what we're dealing with here with right. Daniel Berger. 22 to 1 right now. He's surrounded by Scotty, Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth. I would prefer those three over Daniel Berger this week, to be quite frank with you guys. Back injuries are very fickle. Right. And here's the deal about a golf swing. Us humans, we were not designed to swing a golf club, right? I mean, it's just so much stress on your back. That's why you've had so many back injuries with Tiger Woods and his violent swing throughout the years, right? So I would stress caution on Daniel Berger this week. Let's see how he performs here at the WM Phoenix Open and go from there. I would rather be late on Daniel Berger than early as far as this injury is concerned. And in a stats field like this, 
you can look elsewhere, find better value and feel better about your card than hedging your bets on somebody like Daniel Berger coming off an injury like a back injury. If it was like COVID, then I wouldn't be, you know, concerned. Right. But the back eh, makes me a little wary. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. yeah. I mean, we, we, we saw, you know, the, the most historic golfer with a litany of injuries. We know Tiger Woods. So we know all about the back injuries, the, sure. the yeah. major injuries. So, uh, so yeah, I'm with you on that. And the final thing I want to touch on before we head into the NFL stuff, um, you, know, you you talk about a stack field, and and I looked at it, um, and yeah, it's it's loaded with with the who's who of the golf world. Yes, but who's your dark horse that you're mm-hmm. looking at and saying they could uh, they could surprise a lot of people and and be sitting there atop atop the field come Sunday. Yeah, so four of the last six outright winners here at the WM Phoenix Open were 28 to 1 or shorter, two 50 to 1s in that time span. So I'm looking at a 40 to 1 play, of course, depending on where you look in the sports books out there. Corey Connors, elite ball striker, hits a million fairways, and he is the definition of team no putt. His putter is not very good, but if he finds it on these greens this week, which are extremely pure, he could certainly bring some outright value. You know, when you have winners like Hideki Matsuyama twice, Brooks Kepka, Gary Woodland, these guys aren't world beaters with their flat sticks. That tells you that these greens are pretty easy to read, pretty pure, and anybody can find it with their putter in this given week. So I think Corey Connors is one of those guys. And yeah, he's coming off back-to-back missed cuts. But I would argue that the Farmers Insurance Open, Torrey Pines, not a great fit for his game. And then the American Express, that's more of a putting contest, quite frankly. So he's pretty much bounced out of contention as far as that is concerned. So Corey Connors at 40-1 to one for the Phoenix Open this week makes a lot of sense for me. Keep an eye on him. He, uh, he sounds exactly like how I play. I am terrible at putting. It is by <laughs> far my worst game, but I can absolutely drive the ball as far as humanly possible. So. But I'm, you know I mean, what? That's more fun to play, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, I prefer fun. a good ball. More exciting. Yeah, you know? So it's so much so more frustrating fun when you're, like, bleeding strokes, hitting it into the woods. It's just not fun. Yeah, it's – it's it's yeah, I, I, I'm I with you. Um, That's all good stuff. And don't forget, uh, for those tuning in, we have a great uh, Phoenix Open Pick 6 contest on the Uta app. If you haven't already uh, downloaded it, make sure you do and join that contest. Phoenix Open this weekend. Have you ever been to the Phoenix Open? You know, it's funny, guys. I haven't, and I really want to go. I really do. It looks elite. Quite an atmosphere. I I have some buddies going, I believe, uh, this weekend. That's Um, exciting. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard it's basically a giant frat party on a yeah. golf course and i wasn't even involved in greek life in college and i still want to go you know what I, I mean like it's a it's it's, a, it's, a, it's golf alcohol and party like what could be better right there are a few and things you're better. in california yeah. can't drink all day for, uh, start in the morning either right so. exactly right get out of the cold for a little bit totally totally we love, the energy. we love that um sticking on the west coast it is super bowl week uh, out in LA, and don't forget again, we also have a ton of great Super Bowl contests in the Yuda app. So make sure you join those as well. Before we get into all the Super Bowl stuff, there's something that I wanted to ask you about, uh, specifically. So we just got through the whole coaching carousel, all those positions there. The only one left is uh, the Vikings, but that's that's a done deal, it's just you know, right? Um, we know 
we know what's going on there. Right. Pen to paper type situation. One more game has to be played. Um, But there's one coach that, you know, when when we were looking over the odds of who was going to go where, there's one coach that for the past couple of years has always had their name up there. And once again, he's not a head coach. Eric Bieniemy. Um, what, you know, what is up with that is basically my question because he's so highly regarded as an offensive coordinator, as an offensive mind. We thought that, you know, especially this year, so many open positions, so many opportunities with great young quarterbacks. You look at Chicago with Justin Fields down in Jacksonville, um, with Trevor Lawrence and so on and so forth. And he's still not a head coach. Like, like what do you think that that's about? Yeah. You know, it really is a curious case here. We're talking about, as you mentioned, a fantastic offensive mind on an elite offense for so many years in the Kansas City Chiefs. It makes you wonder a little bit, right? And I thought he would have been a great fit for the New Orleans Saints, to be quite frank with you. Dennis Allen, great defensive mind. But that Saints team needs an offensive identity. They need a quarterback. They need an offensive coordinator. And I thought Eric Bieniemy would have made a lot of sense down there in the bayou, but lo and behold, not the case. Look, there are a lot of theories being thrown around out there. I don't have any solid information in terms of the why, but I will say that I think his time is coming. As the Chiefs continue to play well, look, his resume is not going to get worse. He has Patrick Mahomes at the quarterback position, right? I mean, he's totally fine. The trajectory is upward for sure. But maybe, you know, it just wasn't the right fit. I mean, we haven't really heard from him quite frankly. So we don't know what he is thinking. I randomly thought about Josh McDaniels, why it took him so long to finally get a head coaching position. Remember he would interview so many times. We thought he was going to the Colts, went back to the Patriots, totally get that because they're winning Super Bowls. So I don't know if it's like one of those situations or there's something more to the puzzle here. And let me sell, let me tell you guys that uh, this is going to be a big topic of conversation out there in radio row, as far as, the lawsuit is concerned from Brian Flores against the NFL, Eric Bieniemy not getting hired. There's a lot of, shall we say, negative topics floating around out yeah. there in the radio yeah. that need to be discussed. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it just, it was something that I thought about. And I think one of the uh, shows that I was watching yesterday also talked about it. it it's, it is, it is puzzling that he just, um, has yet to break through for, for one reason or another. It did yeah. Very and I agree, Cam, like you were saying, we haven't necessarily heard from him. So maybe it's not something as negative as the media can sometimes make it seem. Maybe he didn't feel like he was the right fit. Maybe he felt more comfortable in Kansas city. Like maybe he's waiting for that right opportunity, but right. it is concerning because I did feel the saints would have been great. I also thought Chicago would have been really great. Cause they also, I mean, they've had six quarterbacks in there that all mm-hmm. haven't worked. Clearly. I don't think it's a quarterback issue. I think it was the offensive coordinator, the coaching there. So I think to get a brilliant offensive mind into that system, I think that would have been a really good fit, especially when you have a young quarterback in Justin Fields, who I think there is endless potential there. I think he's going to be great down the road. So it is interesting. And like you said, I think the trajectory is up for him. Like, I think he is going to be fine, but it is frustrating because you want, he deserves that head coaching role. He deserves that. But again, maybe it is another situation because Josh McDaniels, I think that was him not wanting to leave new England because he had that one opportunity where like you thought it was a done deal. And then he backed out last minute. And now, obviously, he's found the right fit for him. But maybe it is just that situation. Eric Bannemey was like, I like what's happening here in Kansas City. I'm not leaving unless it's the perfect situation. 
or it's the flip side where for some reason he keeps getting snubbed and we just don't know why, but I'm hoping soon and the next, hopefully next, I say this every season, hopefully next season he gets his opportunity. Well, I'll say this. Chiefs fans aren't saying that because they yeah. are celebrating that oh, he is yeah. staying there in Kansas yeah. City, right? Definitely. I know. I've seen a lot of 49ers fans. They're heartbroken that their coaches or their offensive coordinators in Miami now. They're like wishing him all the best. Like I've seen nothing but love, but on their end, like selfishly upset. And I feel like that would definitely be the case in Kansas City as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But there, there's still plenty more to go on the uh, the Eric Bieniemy situation. Um, and I'm thinking about one other possible new destination for uh, a recently retired guy in Tom Brady. It's already speculating that he may not be done. He wasted no time. What? What? what have- the last? I mean, I, you know, he retired 72 hours ago. It seemed, and or you know, just last week, and now he seems to already be back. Um, do you think he's actually going to be playing next season or, or, or is that just a fake? This is a PSA to Giselle. Reel him in, please. What is he doing right now? (laughs) First, like Adam Schefter reports it, right? And everybody knows it's true because Schefter reported it. He's never been wrong. Let's be frank here. And then Tom Brady wants his moment to like announce it himself. Doesn't mention the Patriots, which I really didn't care about, but like interesting. And now we're hearing rumblings of like, never say never. It's just like, Tom, do you want to be part of the conversation, even though you're not playing in the Super Bowl? Like, is that what it is? (laughs) Maybe. It it might be. Honestly, yeah. He may just be so used to being talked about in the Super Bowl that like, he can't not be talked about. He doesn't know what to do with himself now. He doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah, I I agree with you, Cam. I don't see how he could... um, I don't see how he could come back next season, but like at the same time, he's a crazy human being. So I never doubt Tom Brady. No, I think he's going through the stages of grief right now. And I think on one hand, he's like, all right, like my kids are at this prime age. I want to spend more time with them. A couple years ago, he was like, I'll retire when I suck. I think he's realizing that it's going to take much longer to get to that than I think we all initially thought. So I think in his mind, he's like, all right, I'm ready. I want to be there for Giselle. I want to be there for my kids. Like, I'm ready to hang it up. But on one hand, I think that competitor in him is never going to go away. And I think in the back of his mind, he's never going to be ready to let go. Like, he loves this game. So I think it's just that inner battle of, like, I'm not ready, but I know this is what's right for me. And I think that's why we're kind of in this, no, I'm going to delay my retirement statement. And no, I'm going to put it out that back out there that maybe I'm not done for forever like just in case so I think Mm -hmm. this is just him like working through his emotions but he's definitely taken us for a ride which I fully expected but it's already exhausting and it's been a week yeah you know it's interesting guys I grew up in New England so I chose not to be a Patriots fan because you know I'm a contrarian Makes zero sense. I bypassed six Super Bowls, right? I get it. I know it's crazy. What Ravens team fan. Did you pick? Baltimore. So okay. that's not too bad. No. Okay. That's not, yeah. That's not. I got my it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, exactly. It could have been like the Jets, which would have yeah. made no sense. But to go back to your original point, uh, as far as him potentially playing next year, I actually think there is a shot because I'm just thinking about the Brett Favre thing, you know, and to Tom Brady's credit, his play is not deteriorating, it's getting nice. better. So it's like He's so healthy. He's so just regimented in what he needs to do to stay healthy. It really just comes down to family and what the conversations at the dinner table are right now. If it's Tom, 
go have at it and like there's no like underlying please stay then I think he'll go out and play again I mean he's got the talent mm-hmm. um obviously he's got the productivity still the competitive flair who says no I don't know but yeah you're right it is exhausting yeah, yeah no, I mean, my, my guess is Giselle has been pushing this envelope for years. I want to say <laughs> at least the last three or four years publicly. Yes. So my guess is at the dinner table, she is very much against him playing again, Cam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I sort of to your point, Jordy, I, I just he's just so the, the thing that usually gets people to retire is they just don't want to, like, go to practice. They don't want to go watch film. They don't want to do all the other. They want to still play and they. Mostly, like, a guy like T.O. is almost 15. I'm sure if you put pads on today, he could still... Didn't he say this year? He could still beat a lot of guys. Yeah. Right. It's, do you want to do all the other stuff? And the thing is, is Tom is a psychopath and loves doing that stuff. Right. He loves doing all the boring work that no one else likes to do. And I think that's the only other thing is, like, how does he live his life without that regiment, without looking at film and doing all that stuff? So I think that's the only thing that could bring him back. I think it also comes down to what he wants to do after he plays. Like, what are his goals? I mean, he could sip martinis the rest of his life and be fine, obviously. But does he want to go into TV? Yeah, I can't see him going the broadcasting. I can't either. Like, that just doesn't seem like something. I feel like, like an appearance here and there, but like, I can't see him pulling a Romo where like he makes that his full time thing. Right. I agree. Yeah. No, I mean, he's got plenty of businesses now so you know that i'm sure will take up his time and then you know we'll see uh it's still too too early to uh to decide what tom brady will be i feel like he's the beast that will never die and i feel like we made it to this point where it's like all right we think we're out of the tom brady era and then he's just gonna be it'll probably happen like a week before preseason two he's gonna be like you know what nope i'm back like i I can't do this um but yeah no i'm i like i'm I feel like it's over, but in the back of my mind, it's like it's never. It's like twenty eight to three. It's never over. Like like that Katy Perry song, never really over. Literally, exactly. Even when he's like eighty, still a chance. Yeah, it'll still Um, be in the back of our minds. Like, will Tom Brady come back? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We're talking exactly. Um, So, speaking of Tom Brady, he's played in this game a ton of times. Not been in this year. Um, Super Bowl over in LA. You're going there. Uh, for the Euro tonight and a ton to bet on this mm. weekend. Um, the first thing I want to start out with is what is, you know, I am a big, I'm in on the Rams, but I like the Bengals at four and a half. I think the line's still at four and a half. Um, it might've moved to four. Well, I, I, I don't remember. Um, but that's my bet because I think that this can be a shootout and this will be a comes down to a field goal type of situation, um, in my opinion. Um, but but what is your what is your favorite bet of this weekend? Just looking through all the all the different options. Yeah, so the line has moved to four, which really isn't much of a difference. Four and a half, four. It's court, sort of no man's land there. Right, Here's what I'm really handicapping this week, guys. I think that both offenses are going to get off to slow starts. We saw some nerves from Matt Stafford a week ago in the NFC Championship game. We're probably going to see some nerves from Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl as well. So first half under 23 uh, and a half points, I think, is a solid, solid bet. That's my first click, if you will, my best bet here for Super Bowl 56. This season, the Rams have averaged 
13.3 first half points per game while the Bengals have averaged 12.6. So it's really close around that line. And then you just factor in the Super Bowl, the pomp and circumstance, if you will, the bright lights. I think right. both offenses will get off to slow starts. And that means a first half under. And I'm looking at the under for a total too. Right now it's at 48 and a half. I think that ticks up as more casual bettors bet the over. So if you're planning on betting the under, wait for this number to tick up to maybe 50, which was the opening number, and go ahead and bet from there. So, you know, at least in the early going, I'm not seeing a shootout. Hmm. I could see that happening. And it's funny that you say that because one of my favorite bets that I've seen, and I actually took this very early where they were in, it was in positive odds, which was incredible, but the Bengals have been a second half team for Mm -hmm. the second half of this season, ironically, but um, I saw Bengals plus 135 uh, over 10 for over 10 and a half in the second half. And I love that because I could easily see them getting either a couple field goals and a touchdown, two touchdowns in the second half. But I do agree that I think it could be a slow, slow start, even though Joe Burrow from his end is very calm, cool, collected in the big moments. This is quite literally the biggest moment. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it takes them a little bit to get adjusted. And then same thing for Matthew Stafford. Like you said, he had a slow start last week. I could fully see that again this week. So I'm all, I'm agreeing with you. I'm telling you slow second. There's too much tailing of Cam Rogers. <laughs> slow first half, but it picks up in the second. I do like that plus money play though. Yeah. Isn't so, that nice? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I, te- I told my friends and I text my friends and I was like, take this. And I'm pretty sure when they went to do it, the odds already shifted and they weren't as good. But if you can finesse it back, if you catch it in that moment, I think I got lucky and caught it way too early. But, um, yeah, no, over 10 and a half bangles second half. I thought that was incredible. That's an interesting one. Yeah. My, I mean, my, I'm, I, I still love the, the one, the one trend that I love. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday, Jordy, you and I is Joe Burrow has been, the cover king um, in the Mm -hmm. last month and a half, seven straight against the spread. Um, Will that continue, Cam? Call me the contrarian once again. No, I don't think it does. I'm actually on the Rams minus four here this week, guys. Listen, here's what I'm really looking at. The Cincinnati Bengals have had a less yards per play average than their opponents in these three playoff games. The reason why they are winning, obviously, the takeaways. I'm concerned about sustainability with that. The Rams notoriously are very good at holding on to the football, not turning the football over. Sean McVay is not scared of being conservative, running the football. The Bengals averaged 1.2 takeaways in the regular season. So you would assume that there is some regression to the mean happening. So you factor that in and you also really zone in on how The Bengals can't stop the run. They've allowed 5.9 yards per carry in the playoffs. And Rams tailbacks have had carries of 30, 24, and 23 in the playoffs. Sean McVay knows that. He sees that number, and he's like, all right, Cam Akers. All right, Sony Michelle. All right, offensive line. Let's win on the line of scrimmage. And that's what I'm handicapping this week, guys, because I think that Rams offensive line will run block effectively. Uh, and you have the defensive line for the L.A. Rams, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd. We know that front seven will get after Joe Burrow and that offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, I know all of the narratives out there that Joe Burrow, despite all of these sacks, is making these plays. But again, it comes down to sustainability. If you are taking hits, and I mean hits, week in and week out, 
Look at the Giants in 2007. Look at the Giants in 2011. Look at the Eagles in 2017. Sorry, Patriots fans, but how did you get after Tom Brady? You hit him and pressure up the middle, interior pressure. So here comes Aaron Donald against a Swiss cheese offensive line for the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. I mean, that's where the game is won. I'm a big boy football fan, guys. I love elite offensive line play. I love watching that. You know, an offensive line that gels, runs the football, pass protects. And I think the Rams win on that line of scrimmage on both sides. So even though Joe Burrow has been fantastic ATS, I'm going against it. Rams minus four. Hmm. It, that's a very logical way of looking at it. I don't use logic. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I have invested too much of my soul into the Bengals. And I get uh, it. This postseason, I, get it. I cannot, I just can't back down from, I have literally, I called Bengals to the Super Bowl before playoffs started. And it was like, literally, I was like, you know what? Why not? Like, it's the Bengals. And now that they're here, I like cannot, they made it. I was like, I can't, I don't know if they can win. I, I, I literally cannot pick a money line bet in this one. And I keep going. Everyone's texting me and asking me, what are you doing? I'm taking Bengals plus four and a half just because I legitimately can't pick a winner from everything you explained. You're 100% correct. And on paper, the Rams should easily win this game. But for some reason, the Bengals just seem to keep doing the impossible literally right. from the last like two weeks of this regular season. And they're on like this impossible, and they, keep games close. So I don't know if they can actually pull out a win, but I can easily see this game coming down to a field goal, which is basically how all of these games have ended anyway. So that's kind of the position that I'm stuck in right now. Listen, I've been hot and cold in the NFL playoffs so far. <laughs> I have to show you guys, I'll send you the link, but I posted a spoiler alert video via the company account picking the Patriots to beat the Bills okay. in the first round of the playoffs. And I said the Bills were the second most fraud team in the playoff field. And Bills Mafia came at me. I mean, the creativity of the roast of me, fabulous. Somebody called me a water boy <laughs> from Arsenal. Somebody else called me a high school freshman. Like, I'll take that. I moisturize every day. So, I mean, yeah, I you look very young. So, so anyway, incredible. I did a mean tweets video showing the screenshots of my favorite insults at me. And I'll have to send you guys. It's pretty good content. No, that's like, iconic. That's I mean, iconic. if it makes you feel better, I'm pretty sure. Wasn't the spread for that one four or four and a half as well? Yeah, and it was I'm tight. Pretty, I'm pretty sure I was like saying everything. I was like, Patriots plus four and a half is a lock. This game yeah. is going to be like come down mm -hmm. to the very end. Like I expected this to be like a shootout. And I thought Bills were going to get the better of them. But I thought that game was going to be so close. So if that makes you feel better. Um, because I was not expecting that Bills blowout. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I, I I'm with you. I I think I had I think I followed you, Jordy, and yeah, that did not work. Oh, well, I preached it all week. I was like, this game is going to be so close, and I was sitting there and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, baby. much of the industry I was, was like, on. Don't even play the fourth. Like, do not even play the fourth quarter. We don't need it. <laughs> no, it was it was that was bad. That was bad. Was was number one the Bengals in your fraud? Power rankings? No, the Steelers. Oh okay, my god, they were yeah, so bad. That's fair. My god. Oh. That's fair. Um, yeah, no, that's that's understandable. I was about to say if it was if it was the Bengals and the Bills, you would have been uh that would have been a hot take. That would have been that'd have been a score that hot. Hot. <laughs> that that tweet would be gone. Yeah. Your your account may be gone after that. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say <laughs> deactivated. Yeah, Remove really. this account, that reply that you always get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're a defensive guy, I and not surprising by Growing up as a Ravens fan, you've seen some of the greatest defenses ever. Mm -hmm. um, 
we saw the defense make a huge play towards the end of the game uh, last year or last week for the Rams to put it away. And, you know, we talk about who's going to be the game changer because that's often where the MVP goes for the Super Bowl. It started 20 to one odds for Aaron Donald up to 12 now, 12 to one. So where are you putting your money for the Super Bowl MVP odds? Well, let me just say it's all about approach, right? And, you know, Jordy going with the Bengals there, you might as well parlay that with Joe Burrow. Or, you know, yeah. it, it actually probably make more sense to go Bengals money line and Joe Burrow because if the Bengals are winning, Joe Burrow is going to be the reason why. Right. Um, but you could also be correct with the plus four and the Joe Burrow MVP. As far as myself is concerned, I don't think Matt Stafford is going to be the reason why the Rams win. I think it's going to be either Cooper Cup mm-hmm. or Aaron Donald. It's either going to be Cooper Cup with a million targets, a ton of volume, making a ton of plays, plus 550 the last I saw, or Aaron Donald just wreaking havoc on Joe Burrow because everybody is talking about Joe Burrow. And if the Bengals lose, there's a good reason that it's Aaron Donald getting after Joe Burrow, fumbles, maybe even tips a pass and creates an interception. Solid value, 11 to 1 right now, last I checked, uh, depending on, of course, where you shop that number. But I like those two guys. I don't think Stafford's going to be the reason why, guys. I just don't. No, I agree with you. I I honestly feel like if the Bengals win 100% Joe Burrow, I feel like that's a lock. Yeah. But for I'm on board with you, I really think it's going to be Donald, but I could easily see it being Cooper Cup as well if he has that explosive of a game. But Matthew Stafford as well, and I don't want to take anything away from him because he had a good season. He did everything he had to do, but like he is on this stack team and his teammates are stepping up to do the extra work to get them the wins that they need to be in this position. Where for the Bengals and Cincinnati, on the other hand, it is Joe Burrow making this team. That's a good team, but coming into the season, I still saw this team very much still being in their rebuild. So the Mm. fact that Joe Burrow is putting all these pieces together, I think that's very impressive. So I agree. Joe Burrow for the Bengals, but on the other hand, I think I'm going to go with Donald, but I don't know. It's worth a sprinkle. You know? It is, yeah. absolutely. So, but, you know, my question is, is you're saying it's either Aaron Donald or Cooper Cup, mm-hmm. but if Cup has a big day, you know, it, it, I, I, I would probably give it to Cooper Cup just the same way I would give the MVP to Cooper Cup or, um, you know, or you Jonathan Taylor. If Cooper Cup has a good day, that means Matt Stafford probably had a big day and he probably sprinkled it around to other people too. So just by the nature of these awards, generally, mm-hmm. it feels like it's almost a guarantee that if a star receiver has a big day, the quarterback has an even bigger day. Therefore, they probably get that. No, MVP. You're right. You're right. I just want Cooper Cup to get the Look, recognition. I, I'm for that. I'm all for it. I'm <laughs> just trying for the first time in my life to use logic here. You know. <laughs> so I thought you're not a logic guy. Yeah, I'm not. I, I, I'm trying it out for once. So here's my thing. If Cooper Cup was Randy Moss, then yes. Because Randy Moss created the style points for those quarterbacks. Cooper Cup isn't the style points guy. He's a run after the catch guy. So he's going to be catching these slants, these short passes, and then he makes the plays from there. So, I mean, one would say that Cooper Cup creates his own uh, success in that regard, whereas, you know, somebody like Randy Moss can make a quarterback look even better because he is just, you know, way down the field, right? And he's catching these crazy passes. So 
it's a different kind of wide receiver, and that's why I'm sort of on this Cooper Cup train, I guess, if that makes sense. I, listen, you don't have to twist my arm on Cooper <laughs> Cup. All right, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. Listen, no, me and Dan decided Cooper Cup for MVP a long time ago. Actually, and... mine was Jonathan. T- we were just anti-quarterback more so than anything. Yeah, what did you get for a number for Cup at the time? What did you have? Because I, I, I got Jonathan Taylor. I don't even remember what I had it for. I'm curious I how he was. Remember. I know he was – I think he was like seventh, sixth or seventh um, okay. on the yeah. odds list, but I can't remember the exact number. Yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor was around there somewhere in that yeah, – I think he was fourth. Eight to ten or – yeah. yeah. I, thought, I may have gotten him earlier. I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, we, we are we are all in on the anti-QB MVP. Uh, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm anti-QB MVP for like – the foreseeable future until someone throws for like a hundred touchdowns in a season or something, something just like Madden esque. Cause like at this point it's just getting ridiculous. You're going to die on that Hill. I respect it. I, yes. Always. I have to. Um, so before we let you go, two more questions, prop bets are King um, mm-hmm. in, in the Super Bowl. The uh, it's, it's such an important part of the betting circumstances in football in general. What is like the one or two prop bets that you're looking at? You're saying this is a lock. I'm going to assume that Cooper Cup is probably a part of one of them. So actually, he is. Actually, he is. I do have one down here. He's not my best. (laughs) He's not not my best prop. I have a ton listed here. So let me first start with Matthew Stafford. Under 283 and a half passing yards. We talked about how the Bengals give up a ton of yardage on the ground. They gave up 139 to the Chiefs in the AFC title game. They've allowed an average of 127.3 rushing yards over the past three weeks. So I think the Rams game plan is very simple, guys. Use that offensive line. Get after that defensive line. And Cam Akers, Sony Michelle, let's go. Run the football. Play action off of that. But still, I mean, I think Stafford is sort of going to be this game manager and not like truly a game manager but he's not going to be throwing the football all over the lot I don't think he will be the reason like we talked about that the Rams win this football game so I like that under there and I will say the Cooper Cup prop as well uh over 28 and a half yards for longest reception all right so he's had a reception of over 29 yards in 15 of his past 20 games so far this season and he creates Right. I mean, he's a creator on the football field. I think he can get over that number pretty easily. Minus 115 on that number there. So I like that play a lot. And then just for fun, the novelty props. I can't give you some sound analysis on this, but (laughs) the color of the liquid poured on the winning coach. I'm going with blue. Serious value at plus 500. Like, guys, think about this. If you think about Gatorade and your favorite flavor, it's probably blue, right? Yeah. And blue oh, is like way so down scary. the board. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Anyone who says purple, I don't trust them. That had the longest odds, too, funny enough. Yeah. It, was the wor- it tastes like coffee medicine. Yeah, it's not good. It literally tastes like NyQuil. Um, <laughs> I like that. I never bet. I need I need to start betting on the Gatorade bath color. I never do. It's never fun. Do. Are you going to bet heads or tails? <sighs> I think I'm going heads. But yeah. and how long for the national anthem? I actually don't know about this one. What is the average? Do you guys know? I think I feel like it's like a minute, like forty or something like that. Okay. Like that feels, yeah. that feels. I don't know it on the top of my head, but like that feels like it's probably correct. Ish. I'm wondering. I don't know who's singing it. Do we know that? Um. 
That's a quick Google search. I know this halftime show is going to be. Oh, that's going to be electric. The most insane yeah. thing ever. Yeah. Like, I'm a nostalgic guy. I only listen to songs like pre 2011. My that. favorite playlist is the I peaked in middle school Apple playlist that I have. <laughs> Just all the hits of 2005. Like, so this is going to be fantastic for me to watch. Um, I think they are saying that. Um, that it's at like last year's was like over two minutes and 15 seconds. Okay. So I think it's like between like a minute 50 and like 215 is generally where it's at. It's country singer Mickey Guyton. Okay. That's who's singing the national anthem. Country singer. I feel yeah. like. I feel like the over because they're usually very, yeah. uh, you know. Yes. Yeah. Add some extra vocals. Yeah. I'm going to take the over. Yeah, let's go over, guys. Let's go I'm over. I'm with that. I'm yeah. with that. Life's we'll too see. short to bet the under here. <laughs> exactly. It's true. it's true. I'm with that. All right. And you got the Rams winning, right, Cam? I do. Yes. All right. I I, I think I'm on that, too. Jordy, you're not on no, that. No, I'm, I'm just riding Bengals four and a half. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see come Sunday. It's going to be a great game either way. It's going to be a great weekend of football, great way to go. Great weekend of golf. Uh, we can't wait for it all. We're going to tail Cam, and if he's wrong, we're going to call him out on Twitter. Just like yes, Bill's mom. And then he can make a hate tweet video for us. <laughs> Just about us. But uh, Cam, thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate it. Enjoy Radio Row. Have a safe flight tonight. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and uh, we hope to have you on again. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate the time. Excited for my airport drink. What am I going to get? Stay tuned. <laughs> Got to find out. Got to let us know what we get. Good <laughs> airport beer is always a fun time. Um, once again, make sure you haven't already to follow us on follow us on all our socials at Yuda underscore winner. Download the app, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Bye.